This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. It's time. It's time again. One of my favorite topics. Something I never drink. (laughs) I was going to say, your favorite topic is something you never consume. Hey, you know what? I earned it, though. I earned not drinking it because when I was very young, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, I used to drink between two and four of these a night. To help you with your homework? No, because I was lonely. Oh. Yeah. I understand that. This really was. I might or might not I didn't drink have one glass home. of something else because I'm lonely tonight, but it wasn't <laughs> two to four cans of, it. of soda. Yeah, soda. Of soda. That's what we're here to talk That's about tonight. Coke. But I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> I couldn't Every think night. of any other names that we could say. You're like Coke, Coke and sodas, sodas, fountain drinks, yeah. whatever you want to yeah. call them. Regular ones. Yeah. Diet ones. And they used to be, they used to be reason. I don't want to say reasonably healthy. They were never reasonably. Well, they were. I mean, what was it? Back in the 20s, it was called cocaine sodas because that was a, that was actually part of the ingredients. Cocaine? Cocaine. And was it was actually part healthy? of the ingredients. Well, remember, back then you could smoke two things, cigarettes and or marijuana sticks, and you could drink Coke. So can you imagine the productivity in the 1920s? <laughs> no wonder not 1929 happened, and nobody even knew what was happening because they just had their Coke – and their marijuana stick, and kept buying stocks. I'm thinking that's what happened. That's fantastic. But that's actually real. I mean, that's that's what they were doing. In the <laughs> we're worried about a marijuana state, and we're worried about a this and a that. I just think it's pretty funny. But it's really frequent that this podcast takes a right turn that I am not prepared for. But hey, that's that history. Really that is. Not... <laughs> didn't you know the history of it? Okay. All right, but we're not here to talk about history. We're here to talk about the present. Yeah, I want to talk about the addiction of it. How's that? Oh, let's do that. So we could talk about the addiction of caffeine. We can talk about the addiction of sugar. Sugars. But you ever yeah. looked at what's in a soda can? Oh, yeah. Okay, so on average, 10 teaspoons of sugar is somehow diffused into this thing. You're 10 teaspoons. So if you have what I was doing, two to four, and by the way, I was grossly obese young man. Between that and ice cream, best friends in the world, man. I was big. I remember having like the Little League picture, and I was almost as wide as the other kids all together. It was Aww. not a good picture, but I was a really good player, a but I just couldn't run very fast. Podcast. It was embarrassing. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not that big nowadays. How's that? Okay. Uh, but it, it allows you to learn why not that everyone who drinks sodas is depressed and a little kid and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is, except for some people we know, uh, that like still stay skinny and we really don't like him. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That. But sodas <laughs> used to be made from sugar. Yes. And then other cane things. Cane sugar, right? Cane pure, sugar, pure, real cane pure sugar. cane yeah. sugar. And guess what? We know two things about cane sugar, which I think is in, in, interesting. They did a study with um, with a uh, MRI or a PET scanner, and they uh, were able to have somebody taste sugar, and it lights specific parts of the brain up. Then they had them t- put cocaine, real cocaine, lights the same places up. Was this in the 20s? No. Oh. This is actually real research that's been done in the last 20, 30 years. And then heroin. So what we know is sugar duplicates in the body the exact same pathways as cocaine and heroin. I have now, we want to know about opiates and all. Same pattern. So guess what? We start our kids on sugar because, of course, they deserve it every day and just a little bit every day. I mean, we used to get it once every two weeks because we could or afford a dime. Birthday. Yeah, it was just crazy. <laughs> but even sugar itself can create an addictive pattern that's actually harmful to your children. So it is one of those big ways of doing it, right? So there's number one. Number two is then caffeine. 
which we we know we all have to have to not kill people. Some of us, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I'll make any comments about the caffeine. Do you want to take over, Amy? I, you know, you've hit on all of the the hot, the hot points. Although I will say, I did give up soda drinking quite some time ago, and did you? I like I like the sparkly nature of it. So oh. that's oh, that's the, my. That's, I mean, I'm sure the sugar and caffeine had something to do to do with it. But when I switched to water, the thing that mm-hmm. I felt like I missed the most mm-hmm. was the sparkling, the Interesting. Like, mm-hmm, the effervescence of it. Oh. I'm not going to tell you that I replaced it with champagne <clears throat> or anything. I haven't, I, mean, heard that ex- <laughs> I haven't heard that excuse for a while, but good try. Anyhow, so let's go back to reality. <gasps> uh, you know nice. what it is. It's sugar and caffeine, and you know it. Okay. And you just got your pen taken away I did. from you. I, can't, I, can't, I can't use that pen because it makes noise. It does. Yeah. Um, but let's take it a little bit further. Then it changed. Instead of straight sugar. Oh, then you got diet sodas. We got diet, but then it changed to high fructose corn syrup. Oh, right. Why did I they change it to high fructose corn did syrup, and why get, did they even call it that? Did it actually go from cane sugar to high fructose high, corn and then syrup? It went, and then they figured out the diet thing. And they might have been at about the same time. Yeah. To be real honest with you, I think they were intermixed because saccharin is quite yeah. old, like would, Tab and a few places. Like, yeah, yeah. They've had that for a long time, so I'm not sure when it came in. Gotcha. But high fructose corn syrup, why bring it in if sugar's working? I bet it's cost thing. You used to. Remember, there was a sugar crisis at Mm -hmm. one point because of manufacturing and everything. Guess what they did? Went in the lab, manipulate a few molecules, and boom, we got high fructose corn syrup. Why do you think they call it that? Well, some of it comes from corn somewhere along the line, doesn't it? I was going to say, I thought it was all corn. Basically made from a lab. Oh, so we're back to Frankenfoods. Back to Frankenfoods. (laughs) Very dangerous. But the point of it is your body looks at high fructose corn syrup as something that is foreign, almost like a drug. Mm-hmm. Thus, it doesn't process the same. Thus, it happens to create other problems. That's why they've even done trials where, now, of course, this would be refuted by all the other research that is paid extensively to be skewed by certain parties within the country. However... But uh, we're not biased. Yeah, no. we, we no. don't feel that way. Right. But if you take high fructose corn syrup and then you take straight sugar, straight sugar doesn't seem to affect blood sugar as much, even though it's... 10 teaspoons, okay, all right. So dangerous, hurtful. I tell people to go to a Mexican mm-hmm. uh, grocery yes. to buy the old sugar type yep. because it doesn't hurt them as much. Yeah. So, And then synthetics. The diet soda. Yeah, diet yeah. soda. Yeah. Drink that, you'll lose weight. Well, I hear a lot of people say that. Well, and then I also they, hear people say they is. stop drinking soda, both regular soda and diet soda, and either one... And they lose weight, yep. at least initially. I mean, there's obviously other changes and stuff that Absolutely. people seem to have to Absolutely. make too. But yeah. And when in doubt, if you yeah. want to <clears throat> burn something, you stick it in a... Oven, Coke. fire. Oh, Coke. <laughs> oh, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, put Coke in your toilet to get the like ring out. That's exactly whatever. right, mm-hmm. because it's so acidic. But yeah. Yeah. so many people are taking things for GERD, mm-hmm. but they're drinking sodas. GERD. Sorry. GERD. 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 I mean, GERD. for our listeners. Acid, acid, acidic stomach. How's that? Ah, okay. Reflux. Like acid reflux. Acid gotcha. reflux. Yeah. And so many are on that or Tums or whatever, and you're drinking sodas. Which makes your stomach more acidic. Severely acidic. And then you're taking something to make it less acidic. That's exactly right. Sounds like a bad idea. Isn't that the pattern, though? Well, yeah. Uh, most people that are struggling with GI-related problems, they usually have between frankenfoods and this and a few other things we're going to cover with our brilliant Dr. Bentley. will break it down as to what it does to the body and how it relates, which is the goal of this mm-hmm. program, right? Being common conversation about the way it is and then what's it do to you and then what can you do differently. 
So that's a great transition into our gut check. I thought with that. With Dr. Bentley, who, again, is unfortunately not physically present here for is our... He? Dis- well, he... Is I thought I saw him. He's here in spirit. So I think what we want him to tackle in terms of questions, if, I, if I've summarized correctly, um, we want him to talk about... Well, I would like him to talk about... Cocaine and the- sodas. That's the first thing. I would like him to... Yes, cocaine. I wonder if we could start that again. No, never no. mind. That's a bad <laughs> hey, business deal. if he wants to hit on the cocaine and soda thing, that's, that's right. fantastic. South of the border. Yeah. No, I think, right. I think it would be interesting for him to talk about high fructose corn syrup and mm-hmm. what your body does or does not do in response Correct. to that. Because actually, it's in soda, but it's in a lot of things. And people really don't know. And I'd rather just hear the science of it and, and know so I can make an, an informed decision instead of being buffaloed by everybody. Right. And so then the flip side of that then is, okay, so not high fructose corn syrup, but something that makes a soda diet. So, mm-hmm. okay, what are the things that, that are going to a diet soda, and how does your body respond to those things? Mm-hmm. So I think that would be an interesting comparison. Hopefully he can show And if a you're a diabetic, comparison, why do they have di- – yeah. So right, right. I think those are good topics. Yeah. I think he'll enjoy that. All right. So our first question, because we've talked a little bit around and about sodas, sugared sodas, high fructose corn syrup cane sugar, diet sodas, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the first question is, when you're just talking about straight up sugared soda, not diet, just sugared soda, why is it less than ideal as a food choice? And what is it that makes it a Franken food? Yeah. Or is it a Franken food? That, that's a really good question. And I, I'm not going to fall in the trap again. <laughs> Excellent. Let's see what Dr. Billy says about okay. that. Well, with regard to soda, I mean, it's really a beverage. I don't consider it a food because uh, it doesn't have necessarily all the components of food um, that we think of when you're chewing something such as meat, uh, some type of, you know, other protein or uh, an apple. When you look at an apple, there's no label on it. It's just an apple. But there's lots of nutrients in there um, and a decent amount of calories. Same thing with any other fruit or vegetable. But when it comes to soda, you know, what is it that makes it a, I guess we can call it a Franken beverage? is sometimes what they do to it and how they process it. But the reality is, is that sodas in general are a high calorie, low nutrient beverage. So again, it's high in calories, high in sugar, which spikes your insulin level. If you spike your insulin, you drive your enzyme called your HMG-CoA reductase enzyme, which is the enzyme that makes cholesterol. And so that can make your cholesterol levels go up. Um, It also increases the storage. It's a storage hormone, so it stores the excess sugar in the form of fat. First, your triglycerides will go up, which will eventually lead to um, increased uh, body fat is what it will do because the triglycerides go to the adipocytes or the adipose tissue and will get stored there. And so the vehicle getting there is triglycerides. So sometimes people want to monitor and say, how am I really doing on my carbohydrate intake? They might want to look at their triglycerides. Personally, I believe we should be under 100 uh, to be optimal. Um, our web reference ranges get wider and wider as the population gets sicker and sicker um, because it's normal to be sick in America. So I'm just talking about an ideal range, which typically they recommend somewhere around 150 and below, but I think under 100 is even better. Um, it's what I've seen in my patients that are the healthiest have triglycerides in that range. And again, it's a pretty much a direct representation of their sugar ingestion or the refined carbohydrates, which again are high in sugar but lack nutrients. So again, the body has this excess fuel, but it has no nutrients for the cells uh, to function optimally. So, diet sodas. Right. Good or bad? Better choice. A lo- not, there's not a lot choice. pressed on people. Hey, you want to get slim? You drink diet sodas because they're going to make you slim. Right. At well, least that's the intimation. We'll see what Dr. Bentley has to say about Is that it when real? he gut checks that. Yeah.
You know, when it comes to diet soda, honestly, if someone's going to drink soda, one, I don't want it to be a staple. I want it to be a treat. If you're going to have it, have it as a treat. I don't keep ice cream in my house, but I will go spend $20 and take my family down the road and drive to an ice cream parlor and enjoy ourselves. But it's a treat. It's not our staple. If I keep it in the house, we'll eat it. You know, that's the reality. So don't buy it and keep it in your house. Make it a treat that you're going to go out to dinner. Now, for those of you that eat fast food all the time, I don't recommend um, getting a soda every time and treating yourself every day. But when it comes to soda, I would much rather a person drink a regular soda than a diet soda. And the reason is, is that now that's one thing that makes it more of a Franken beverage, if you will, is because the aspartame. The aspartame is an artificial sweetener. It's like over 200 times more sweet than sugar, and it stimulates the sugar but, uh, the, the sugar processes and the addiction into your body, but your body's not getting those calories that it's expecting. So neurologically, our body's saying, hey, we got something sweet coming, but nothing shows up to the door. So now it ends up creating more cravings down the line of wanting actually carbohydrate ingestion. So it actually kind of backfires for people. Uh, there's a number of studies talking about that. But then also the this aspartame, this artificial man-made sweetener, also it breaks down to... Um, Methanol, formaldehyde, and formate or formic acid. And methanol itself, the thing with methanol is that methanol is a poison to the body. And the amount that you get in drinking a liter of diet soda is certainly more than what the EPA recommends uh, with regards to ethanol ingestion. And this ethanol, it can lead to uh, blurry vision, blindness, uh, damage to the retina, optic nerve damage. So all visual type things. Um, it's why people would, that would drink moonshine back in the day, they would become blind. Um, so those are just some of the things that I think about right off the bat is this methanol. It is literally part of aspartame. Okay, well, also in aspartame is phenylalanine. Now, people that have a rare genetic condition, it's very rare for people to have this, uh, but it's called PKU, phenylketourea, and phenylketourea. And this PKU is a rare genetic disease and they can't process this phenylalanine and it can cause a number of health problems with their body. So um, I don't really recommend people, obviously, that have PKU use this. But the other thing that it has been shown to do in some of the research is that phenylalanine in the brain acts as a neurotoxin um, on a lower level, but it just may not affect everybody the same. Each person is different. You know, we know that unopposed estrogen causes cancer, but not every woman that takes unopposed estrogen gets cancer, but it does increase the risk for certain people. So people that are genetically predisposed may not handle diet soda as well as other people, where other people clear it very well. But it has been shown as well as being a neurotoxin is that it decreases the amount of serotonin in the body, which has been linked with depression, as we see all over TV ads and things of that nature with regards to pharmaceutical ads and depression. And always talking about serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And the other thing is that it also has aspartic acid in it, which is the aspartate, which also is a neurotoxin. And which the neurotoxin, what I mean by that is that essentially it causes this influx of calcium into the cells of the neurons and actually causes nerve cell death, which is not a good place to be at. And the last thing that I mentioned is that it also leads to formaldehyde. Now, I did a number of fellowships. I did two different fellowships in anatomy and during this time, I would have to wear a respirator. I was covered head to toe because I was exposed to formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is a cancer-causing agent, but it's what we use to preserve. But it's what we use to preserve cadavers. But again, this preservation it doesn't necessarily equate to preservation of you and via health. Um, it may lead to an early death. 
But again, there's some controversy there, but I do know that those chemicals are part of aspartame. And again, it depends upon each individual. Not everybody that eats pizza is going to gain weight. Some people could think about eating pizza and gain weight. Uh, not everybody that drinks a beer gets drunk, but some people could drink a case and be just fine. It's all in how each of us process. However, if you're unhealthy and you're trying to regain health, I certainly don't recommend anything such as frankenfoods into your diet, nor do I recommend drinking a lot of soda, specifically diet sodas as well, because these toxins, again, 94% toxins are fat-soluble, so where do you think they're going to get stored? In your fat tissue. So we've talked about regular soda, talked about diet soda. So, of course, then really where that leads us to is what does research say about the types of health conditions that drinking soda could cause? And how much soda? I mean, is a little bit okay? How about we turn it around? Tell me what condition doesn't occur because you don't drink soda. <laughs> That's a double negative. I know. That is a positive. You knew. You thought you knew where I was going, didn't you? <laughs> no, I never know where you're going. So let's see what uh, what Bentley. Yeah, has Bentley illustrated that. that out. No double negatives on him. Right. You know, with regards to soda and how much soda that one can drink. Again, each person depends. It, it depends. I mean, if you are stationary and you do not move you get on it you just sit on the couch all day long and you're drinking two liters of soda every day well you're going to spike your insulin and again as i mentioned it's going to turn into triglycerides which is going to go to your fat cells and get stored and as you do that you start to create insulin resistance over time which can lead to type 2 diabetes which is associated with heart disease blindness kidney damage uh, the list goes on peripheral neuropathy where your nerves start to die essentially and you lose feeling in your feet, you cut yourself, and next thing you have an infection, you didn't know it, then you have gangrene, and then they have to amputate. So, But again, those are down the line. So I'm not saying anybody that goes and has a soda that you're going to create all these health effects immediately. But how much is too much? It depends on each person. You know, each person is a different individual. You have to find out what's right for you and in your own balance. I know for certain that if I go have ice cream with my family, I can only have, I get the mini. And that mini is even too much for me because it's too sweet. My body's not used to that type of sweetness. I'm eating wholesome foods. I'm eating salads, fruits, vegetables, lean meats, uh, nuts and seeds, and drinking lots of water. So that is, for me, it's different than what it might be for someone else. And I also work out. So again, it all depends on where people are at. I can tell you that these Olympic athletes, and they're, they're treating their body as a finely tuned machine like a, a race car or a Formula One race car, they're not going to put 87 octane in their gas tank there for their car to go run a race um, or even an Indy 500 car. They're not going to run it in Indianapolis 500 putting 87 octane because it's not going to run as efficient. It's, it runs more efficient on high caliber type of fuel. So that's what they use. However, same thing with our body. If we want our cells to fire at a rapid rate and do an enormous job for our body and really keep our, our bodies thriving so we can serve our purpose here on earth and have the energy to do so, then we need to fuel the body as such and put the things that it was designed to have. And so again, you don't want to put 87 octane in your body when you can have rocket fuel that will burn nice and clean and crisp. So getting those fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, meats, and drinking plenty of water in, in your body will help your body run really, really well. And you can avoid all these lifestyle diseases that are being created by what we're doing as a habit on a daily basis. All right. So we basically heard from Dr. Bentley to... How good this stuff is. Not, not drink soda. Well, he hey, actually have a, technically... have a gallon a day. It's all good. Technically, he said occasionally for a treat. Okay. How many people actually well, do? Okay. It's like having the gallon <laughs> of ice cream in your... If it's in the house, it's going to be gone. 
that's what he said. That's, that's why he it, said, I, don't have it in your it house. It just depends. Some people exactly. can actually, well, only Fridays and the only time they'll touch it. They're that's not going to wait. I'm not. It's that's, gone in three days. That's my husband, actually. He yeah. is very disciplined that way. So I, anyway. Yeah, yes. how did But it's that? super interesting about what problem. diet soda breaks down into yes. in your body that studies show and the the result of that that's it's pretty disgusting kind of gross yeah. gross yeah. i mean you don't even have to be embalmed you just drink enough <laughs> soda right nice. diet soda diet soda specifically diet, diet soda, soda. Yeah, yeah. and then you don't have to use that embalming sauce yeah. isn't that nice to know yeah. nobody's poking on you when yeah. you die it's an idea <laughs> i think i'll drink water Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> really. no but if you really look at it what's the general benefit taste buds yeah sharp sugar uh, there is not a single health benefit to it that we I've can think this about. Before. I like the fizz. Yeah. I admit it. But yeah. I, yeah. That's what drinks soda water with well, lime in I, it. Yeah, that's I do now. Stick something healthy in there. <laughs> or water with lime, honestly. Yeah. No fizz, but, 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 but you know, when you're talking to somebody who's soda, soda holic, mm -hmm. okay, and when I was young, I drank two to three every day, became very, very obese by the time I was in eighth grade. Um, it was a tough time, but I craved it. I got home. I had to have that sugar. It was literally a sugar high. I needed it. I It made me feel good. It made me happy when I wasn't happy. And you just kind of wonder if a lot of people, not everyone, it's not like we're going to get letters about, hey, I'm not <laughs> depressed when I drink my soda, guy. Um, but a lot of people drink sodas for different reasons. But the truth sure. of the matter is there is a single one that actually helps them be healthy. True. Or helps their quality of life. Well, and I think does that make was, them look better. And I think that was the interesting part to me, listening to Ryan talk about the psychological effect of it and the right. serotonin and how I mean, you think about being depressed. Hormonal just change, being, yeah, the whole thing, of, right? Well, keep spiking your your blood sugar, and you're happy for a little while, and then you want mm -hmm. to kill people by seven thirty <laughs> before they go to bed. I mean, it's you're actually inducing it to yourself and not really realizing that you're actually hurting your outcome day yeah. to day. So we're full on back around to life choices. Yeah, I mean, really. Yeah. But you know what? Isn't it come back to, again, uh, a lifestyle choice, but also um, that we're being sold a bill of goods that it's okay? Mm -hmm. uh, how often is it just okay? It, and I'll just have one. And now I'm doing diet instead of the the other, so I'm doing better. Well, yeah, you're doing better, and you are still continue the same habits. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. smoke the heavy leaded cigarettes. I smoke the ones without lead now. <laughs> Okay. Leaded cigarettes? I don't know if they do lead. They, they put everything in there. They really <laughs> we'll do. do. Cigarettes Didn't on a you different, know they put we'll, everything in there? We'll do cigarettes on a different okay. podcast. Okay. All right. But I have one story. Of course you do. You I love stories story. because I have them. Okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> NPR, I'm listening to a program that my son downloads for me because I, he thinks I have to listen to this stuff all hey, day hey, long. Hey, you're on a podcast. Shouldn't you know how to download your own Oh, yeah, that's why I know right. how to do it now. Anyway, it's ahead. automatic. Sorry. It's auto automatically you're, done. You're listening to no, no, but it was very, very interesting. What was interesting at the end of it, after they, they really did a great job of breaking it down, looking at quote-unquote research. But it was interesting at the end of it when they were talking about, well, is it good? Is it bad? Does it lose weight? Does it not? And they you know, came up with it's kind of equivocal um, that it is an, or isn't. And the, one of the people that were part of the main research organizations that are part of the United States, which means it's skewed research, and he was saying, well, you kind of have to keep that in mind. And I'm thinking, why didn't, why didn't she say, why would I keep skewed research by people who are paid to mislead me to be able to drink things that are unhealthy to me? And you're saying you really need to evaluate that stuff. I'm thinking... The, the research is supposed to be unbiased. It's supposed to be good. It's supposed to be matter of fact, absolute truth. 
And you're saying, well, let's just keep that in the loop. Well, isn't that exactly what we're having a problem with in the country right now? Misinformation on a consistent basis on NPR, that is a recognized and respected organization, allowing that to be skewed into the information. I guess that stuff bothers me. I'd like to challenge them. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah, let's take the crap research, mix it in with the good research, and then it makes it mute. And then we don't have to actually say anything or take a side that actually might help somebody. To me, I'd rather state the facts and allow them to send me all the mean mail they want to. You might get some mean mail. I would probably get it. I think there's one in the mail right now. Just popped (laughs) it. Probably. And on that, I think I'm going to turn your mic off. Good idea. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. Humarian.